Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventh episode of Side Sports Combo. I am your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode, we'll be talking about the Chicago White Sox and uh, what moves and pretty much what moves we could make to better the team and see if they have a chance to win the World Series this year. But first, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend that we saw. We'll talk about Saturday night's um, um, skills challenge, three-point contest, and slam dunk, as well as the All-Star game itself. So, this weekend we saw the NBA All-Star game. By the way, the Bulls ended their their, their break at a five-game winning streak. I believe Martin went to the last game yep. against the I, I was there against the Kings. The marvelous, so, the marvelous balled out again. Yep. Uh, so, well, what you saw in the game, man? The Rosen man, he keeps his he keeps his hands hot. Yeah, I mean, the game was pretty much nip and tuck for the whole game. Um, uh, DeAndre Fox, DeAndre Fox is a really good player. Um, kept the team in the ball game. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, very scrappy. Very, uh, just fell everywhere, but it was able to get the rebounds and and the Kings made some runs. But in the fourth quarter, when the Bulls needed to create some distance, it was the marvelous hitting his mid-range shots and you know putting the team on his back. And ultimately, the Bulls pulled away and he ended up getting the victory and ended up the All-Star going into the All-Star break on a pretty good note. So they have a lot of momentum going forward. Of course I do, after the news that we hear that um, Levine looks to be that he could be good after taking no shots in his name. Yeah, I just wish he would. Here's the thing. I know you want to be out there with all the rest of your peers and you want to know, be an all-star, but I wish Zach Levine did not participate in the all-star game and in the all-star game festivities because... The Bulls have a real shot at possibly winning the Eastern Conference, so but they can't do that without a healthy Zach Levine. And but hopefully those uh those uh plasma shots to his knee um help do the trick and hopefully he comes back healthier for the second half. Hopefully he does because he said that he felt so much way better than what he was feeling before, so that's a good sign for the Bulls. Also I heard news before the, the All-Star break kicked in and um, the Pacers were going to waver um, Tristan Thompson and pretty much release him and he was going to sign him. So I don't know until that happens and if that's true, uh, what, do you think about, what do you think about that deal? Well, he kind of fits what the Bulls are looking for, right? You're, you're looking for a rebounder and then a defender at the five spot that can spell that can spell Nikola Vucevic because Tony Tony Bradley doesn't cut it. Tony Bradley doesn't give you anything. And if there's one thing that the Bulls really lack is size in the interior. And Tristan Thompson, he's a proven player. He he's an NBA champion and he's not a scorer. You don't need him to be a scorer. You need him to rebound and defend. And Tristan Thompson fits that role. Of what you're looking for so it's a it's a pretty good 
it's a pretty good acquisition for the Bulls once that is com- once that is completed. So exactly what the Bulls needed to me. And then you just need to get healthy. Levine needs to continue to get healthy. Alex Caruso needs to continue his rehab as well as Lonzo Ball. Then you add in a Tristan Thompson. And I think these guys are 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 going in the right direction pretty good. And then they can make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I can stand adding t- yeah, Tristan Thompson, think about it, man. Now you have Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, um, Nikola Rusevich, Tristan Thompson, and um, who am I missing? There's too many damn names. Who would be the, the fifth starter? Well, you would have you would have Lonzo Ball, you would have Zach Levine, you would oh, have DeMar DeRozan, and you can have you can have uh, Tristan Thompson and and Nikola Vucevic. So now you can look look at that look at that starting five right there. That and it gives you it gives it, it, it gives you bigger and Tristan Thompson. You can throw to Tristan Thompson at at pretty much uh, Giannis, and you could throw him at Joel Embiid. You can't really throw him at Durant because Durant can handle basketball and he can step out and make. And it's more of a perimeter player than those two guys, but essentially, you would be your man to guard those two players and get your fouls and get your rebounds and and be a pest defensively. He's pretty much became the Dennis Rodman of the '90s Bulls. Yeah, essentially. That's it. That's yeah, and he, and, he, and he fits everything. He, he also has that crazy, crazy off the court life too. So. Shit, he fits everything. <laughs> he fits everything. <laughs> like the way you describe it, I'm like, yeah, right away. Like, damn, that's a desert, desert, Dennis Rodman, 90s type of guy. I'm hey, all, all he needs to do is paint, and his, paint his hair and wear a wedding dress. And yeah, he's Dennis Rodman. Oh, wow. All right, so let's move on to the Saturday Night Skills Challenge. This is the first time in probably two years that I've seen that it. I believe that I saw it the same way last year, where they have three different styles. You had the, this time they had the Brooks against the Antetokounmpo's, or how you say Johnny's brothers. Yeah, the Antetokounmpo's, there's like three of them. I didn't know. I didn't know there was three of them, but they keep coming out of everywhere. I think Giannis has different, that has brothers all over the place. And then you have the Cavs, and this time around, the Cavs beat them in their own hometown, so that's pretty much good. But uh, Giannis, man, he looked like he was trying to, he was pissed when he lost against the Cavs. <laughs> he looked at his brothers like, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm like, damn. But uh, it was different. It was like different competitions, you know, passing the ball, running the ball, scoring. You know? It was like, yeah. It was all right. Like I did not impress me as much compared to when it's just single players battling mm-hmm. each other. Who's gonna do it faster? Yeah. I feel like go back to that style instead of how they got in their groups. It didn't make any sense for me, but okay. Like, but then we moved on to the three-point contest. This is where Zach Levine is scheduled to participate. It was all right. Everybody did their thing. Yep. He was out right away. Yeah, he was out right away. He only scored 14 
points out of three, uh, out of the three, line, three point line. And then a town surprised me, man, a big guy wins a three point contest and you're like, damn. Yeah, and it, was, and it was the biggest long shot to to win. Yep. Nobody predicted him to win. Everybody was saying Trey Young or um, was it or, or Luke Luke Kennard or Desmond Bain. Yep. Some so more proven like, shooters. Yep, but no. Anthony Carl Anthony Towns took that like this is mine. I mean, pretty much dominated and said, "Yeah, I'm taking this." So now he has that in his collection. He could say that he beat the three, the young, the shorter guys that love to shoot balls in threes and so like, yeah, now I took it. But now we go to the slam boring dunk contest. Uh, yeah, and it really now and now in age, back then in the eighties and the nineties, the dunk contest was the main event. But now, the three in our generation. Dunks are eh. It's a three-point contest. The three-point note to the NBA and for next year and going forward, the three-point contest is the main event, not that crappy as dunk contest that nobody wants to participate. Yeah, like the last time that it was actually good, when before he became a boo, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon put on a yeah. show. 2016. Ever since then, I have not seen no top shows after that. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 2016. It's already was six years. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. So yeah, it's time for a change. Because, yeah, I believe so right now. Our generation, like you said, the three-point contest is it's the main the main game now. Imagine if you could have Steph and Curry putting those three-point shots in the 90s. How many rings he would have won? Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of different because the, the rules in the 90s. Because I think Steph Curry, if if he would have played in the 90s and he's trying to take those threes and shimmy shaking and pointing everywhere, he would have gotten his ass knocked out. He would have gotten a hard foul. Whenever he would have came yeah. down the lane, somebody would have went, bam, <laughs> and right on his face, and be like, "You ain't gonna, you you ain't gonna be shimmy shaking, shimmy shaking on my court." So, I, I mean, just yeah, you guys like Dennis Rodman and Bill Lambeer and Robert Parrish and all of them, just kind of Charles Oakley coming, Anthony Mason coming. He, after he shoots a three and then he comes down the lane for a layup and, and, and Steph Curry's small <laughs> yeah Steph Curry's small he, he's a little fragile and and I, I'm not a everybody loves Steph Curry I'm not a big Steph Curry fan because everybody likes to talk crap about when others showboat like LeBron and stuff but he's over here shooting threes turning his back around counting his fingers jumping up and down skipping that that annoys the crap out of me. Nobody calls him out on it, but you know it is what it is. But no, in the nineties, he would have gotten his ass whacked. <laughs> he wouldn't shoot any more threes. Yeah, even like Charles Barkley or even Shaq. They would have pushed his ass out. Like get your ass out of here, dude! Like even even guys like yeah, even guys like John Starks or Reggie Miller would have probably. 
Or even MJ, you think MJ would have been like, MJ would have looked at him, get your, get your ass out of here. Eh? I think, think MJ would start. I think MJ would have started shooting threes as well, where he was at because mm-hmm. he was competition. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> I already know, like MJ. MJ took everything to competition. He created his own competition, so he would have he would probably done the same thing with Curry. He's like, okay, you want to throw threes? I got you. Next game. He's throwing threes from center court, too. <laughs> 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 but let's talk about the All-Star game now. Uh, well, wait. The winner, Jan Towns. Uh, who slammed the slam yeah, dunk? This slam dunk. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin won that contest. Like, nothing. Because pretty much his... On the, on the shittiest <laughs> dunk ever. Exactly. All thunks that he did were shitty, but against his opponent, he worse it worse as well. So yeah, this just Sam dunk, dunk contest was not. I was not gonna promote it to go watch it. It was a it was a two out of ten, I could say at least. But oh yeah, moving on to the All Star game. Uh, mm-hmm. As you can see, the All Star game is different this time around. Like pretty much they go by quarters, and they score whoever scores the most points. By each quarter, they win certain t- certain type of money. I don't know if it was a hundred thousand. I think it was yeah for for their each for each of their charities that they're playing for. Yeah. I think uh, I think the team Durant was playing for the Greater Food Bank or Food Depository for Cleveland. For and Cleveland. yeah, and LeBron James is playing for this one. Kind of <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. LeBron James is playing for his own students. <laughs> Instead of playing for another charity, you know, like you know what, I'm gonna play for my own students. And Kevin Durant's playing for the Greater Food Depository. I mean, yeah, I mean, I commend LeBron for doing what he's doing, but like, I don't know, he should have. I, I feel like he should have picked another, another yeah. um, charity. But oh well, that's what they were playing for. The game was in Cleveland, in Cleveland, in the Rocket Mortgage Arena, and. And it was kind of a hometown welcome for him. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much it was like that. And then each quarter, I believe they get a hundred thousand, except for the fourth quarter, right? They win the big one. Yeah, I think so. Or does each quarter go up by fifty thousand? Mm, I, I like I, I, I'm not a big. Uh, I don't really like. I'm not a big like. I don't know. I don't know what it is to be honest with you. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this: All Star games for me are not that good. Kind of the only way, the only one that I really pop for, believe it or not, is a baseball All Star game. Um, but I I don't know if if it goes. But I I know they do I mean, play for charity. Yeah, I believe because I think um, they ended up getting three hundred fifty, and. And Team LeBron ended up getting 300, so yeah, it was okay. going up 50,000 each, each quarter. Okay, got so, it. Yeah, pretty much each quarter was going up 50,000, so pretty much Team LeBron, starting five were himself, LeBron James, um, Giannis, uh, Seth Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and the Joker. From freaking Denver Nuggets against going against Team Durant, which Durant was in there because he's injured. Like that's nothing new. 
because they pretty much every every Arshbar game he's always injured during the middle of the season. Yeah. I don't know. Haven't you seen that kind of weird that he's always selected as a team captain but never plays it because he's injured? Well, yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant's a little fragile, and he's getting a little bit older. So, I mean, I mean, unfortunate. Yeah, that's been the narrative also for his team, the Brooklyn Nets. Everybody's hurt. So, but yeah, it's hopefully maybe next year. I mean, it's always going to be LeBron and Durant as the leading vocator. So. But hopefully Durant is healthy next season. So in the replacement instead of the starting five for Team Durant were Joel Embiid, um, J- uh, Morant from the Grizzlies, Tatum from the Celtics, Wiggins from the Warriors, and Trey Young from the Hawks. I don't even know why Andrew Wiggins was even on the damn starting lineup, but. Except my point is, look at, look at, look at the bench you had on LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Towns, and the other couple of players. So it was like, yeah. Even on the, not on the bad side, yeah, man. Joker's pretty good. I think I would have replaced Joker with Luka Doncic. Nah, I think Joker deserves, I think Joker deserved it. Joker's like in the top five to me in the MVP race. Uh, I think all of the star, all of the starters were deserving, except for Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins, honestly, I don't even know if Andrew Wiggins should have been an All Star, to be honest. But and nevertheless, a starter. But oh well. Those other starters, and then obviously they go in and out. So pretty much, the first quarter is won by Team LeBron, so they get a hundred thousand. Then the second quarter was won by Team Durant, so they get a hundred. Uh, I believe a hundred. There's fifty, a hundred, a hundred fifty, or whatever. So we had to get whatever the next score of the money, and then the third quarter team the ran still up all night. But it was just everybody was showing off, you know. What pretty much also they took the series, and then you got Mr. Steph Curry going around shooting threes from all over the place. Score and it pretty much as. Team LeBron takes this. I like always. The last shot was taken by LeBron James. Pretty much won it for the team. Yeah, he calls for the ball. It was a very pedestrian game for LeBron James. Yeah, um, he did. The, the, the star of the show was Steph Curry shooting from every direction. But yep, yeah. every direction from halfway court, like not even like. They'll just get the ball, and then everybody's all running towards the end, and he just shoots it, and then <laughs> everybody's over here trying to ready to defend, it, and he just shoots the ball and, and gets the three point from like halfway court, and then they're running back, and they're looking at him like this guy, and like, so made us run back like to play defense. John has made my ass laugh. <laughs> John is John is plays with a heart, man. He goes around. He freaking he don't stop. He wants to win. Same thing with Embiid. They played, had a pretty good game too, man. That dude, that dude took this game seriously. But yeah, for Stephen Curry, man, yeah, thirty-three points, four fifty points. And like, he always broke the supposedly All-Star game record, almost. But I think Anthony Davis has the record right now, fifty-two points. 
the Eagles tried by two points away to tie him and a three point to take the lead. And you know, the last couple of minutes, they were trying to give him the ball to take the three, but he was just missing left and right. Yeah, you know, Steph Curry was shooting threes left and right. Yeah, make $16, but when you're not consistent and miss the rest of them, you're just pretty much just giving up uh, points by that end. But the thing is, just the Oscar game is nothing serious. It's just whatever you want, and that's it. Team LeBron wins 163 because that's that was a goal. So it gets to 163, wins the game. The first three quarters are 12 minutes, but then the last quarter, there's no minutes until whoever scores 163. That's it. And the fourth quarter was pretty much quickly done and deal. And you get the winner, Team LeBron. So whatever donations the Team LeBron goes to his own students, they get the most money compared to what Team Durant had. And Team Durant took like 300 or 250 to his donation. And Team LeBron took like 350 or 400 on there. But that was the, uh, that was the All-Star game. Now they get to rest for a couple of days, three days, three, four days. I think we got three days. I think everybody returns back to playing in one Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday. So Thursday. So yeah, everybody goes back to Thursday. So now they get to rest, chill, relax, heal up quick, and let's see how the Bulls do on the second half. And hopefully it's uh, pretty much a playoff first and see how deep they can go in the playoffs. But until then, let's move on to our main topic of today. So, Mr. General Manager, we're going to be talking about the Chicago White Sox. As you, as we recalled in previous podcasts, uh, the Sox ended their season past year. You know, they were the team to take over the Central, the AL Central, which they did. There was no, there was not really no competition in the AL Central for the taking. So pretty much we knew coming in that the Sox were going to win. Uh, but the way how this team was built, the way how this team signed players, uh, traded for players. You see, you got a roster, pretty good roster. They had a pretty good starting pitching rotation. They had a pretty, really good bullpen, in my opinion, the past year. So, as White Sox man- general managers, we're going to be predicting... Well, not predicting, we're going to be actually evaluating the team of what type of trades or signings that they need, in our opinions, in order for them to be a successful World Series winner. But, let's go over the rosters a little bit. Let's see, like... Um, Right now, this is the roster. Um, they got source at shortstop Tim Anderson, center field Luis Robert, which is pretty good. Catcher, they got um, Grandal. Yeah. The D, Jose Abreu, and left field they got Ilo Jimenez. Uh, uh, third baseman they got Moncada, which is kind of I'm thinking about it. Like I don't know, and then. Right field, you got um, what's his face? Um, it is a rotate. It's it's a, ro- a rotation spot right now at right field. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets. Okay. Oh yeah, you got Vaughn, Angle. Yeah, Angle. Yeah. Gavin Sheets as well. Yeah, Sheets they probably use him for first ball. Yeah, you go. 
it was a roster. Yeah, you got Adam Mango, Danny Mendick, Zach Collins. Uh, they got that um, Gavin Sheets. Uh, Lori Garcia. They just re-signed Lori Garcia to a three-year deal. Previous to the lockout, so that's a plus for them. So I pretty much I think he's going to be playing second base in outfield. So he's going to be switching off with either Ango and Mendick. So that, 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 that lineup for right now looks pretty good, I have to say. But we'll see. And then you got your starting pitcher, Lance Lane, Carlos Yolito, Dylan Seas. Uh, but a disappointing last this last season, Dallas Keiko. And, and they're probably thinking of probably putting Michael Kopech in their rotation. But we'll see. And also previous to the lockout, they picked up uh, Craig Kimbrell's Kim? option. Mm, yeah. So they pick up Craig Kimbrell's option. So now you have Hendricks, Kimbrough, then they sign Graveman. So that looks like a plus, and then they still got a uh, bummer, crochet, Lopez, and Jose Ruiz. So they got the same team that they had last year, but just tricked from a couple of uh, bullpen pitchers. But off of, off of this list that we just said, like, I think I'm gonna start first, then I'll uh, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you make the, the changes and decisions we want. Okay. But for me personally, if I was the GM of the White Sox, my question mark is: Yohan Moncada and my second base. So you got your third base and the second base. Thinking about it. For me, I know this is gonna sound crazy, and I don't know if the White Sox are gonna give me the money to spend this money. But if I'm done, the one person that I'm looking at signing for my offensive lineup and try to, and try to trade either Yuan Moncada or Moncada or somebody else will be try to sign Chris Bryant into this lineup. Oh, Chris Bryan, huh? Just for the simple fact that because he's a versatile player, you could put him right there, you could put him at right field, you could put him in center field, he'll play you whatever. But that's I feel like that's a bad that they probably need in that lineup in order for it to work. So for me, if I was a GM, I was trying to find a a trade for Moncada because Moncada's ever since you got him, he's been an up and down. Um, player and hasn't shown proven on the White Sox lineup. Now, if you go to another lineup, maybe a change of scenery or a change of some something else will probably make them better, but who knows? Until then, I feel like, yeah, I need to make one of those moves in order to improve in order to improve that Chris Bryant roster, because we're a Cubs fan. Starting Castro played with his heart and everything. But what did the Cubs do? They made that move. They traded him to the Yankees. They then got shipped for return. But they signed Ben Sobers to take his spot at second base. It pretty much worked out for that year in 2016 that they brought us a World Series. So, yeah. my opinion, I feel like Chris Bryant could be a good fit for, in the White Sox lineup and will help that lineup to increase more runs if he stays healthy. 
let me put that word in there if he stays healthy no, when because he, yeah so we saw what he did this year last year when he's healthy he's all over the place he gets on base he hits home runs or whatever and i feel like an offensive if they could get chris bryant to play third base or right field whatever they want him to play they'll be a a good sign for them how much do you think he will sign for though He's probably looking for like that three uh, hundred plus, and that's oh, why. Oh no! Oh no! 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 He ain't getting that money. Absolutely, he ain't not getting that he's type of money. Bad. He's delusional if he if he wants that money. Now, the most low, the lowest that I see him getting is probably between a hundred eighty. Yeah. But the average, I think he's looking for at least two fifty. He's looking for at least making twenty-five to twenty-eight million a year. Ooh, and I don't even think he's getting that. Honestly, I think he's gonna get one fifty to one eighty. Well, yeah. And, and he might be. He might be out of the Fox's price range, but that is a good. That is a good piece to put in. Now, I'm looking at the picture. I have Lansman. I have Lucas Giolito and Delicis in my top in my top three rotation. Keiko mm-hmm. has been a disappointment. That's been a bad sign for your White Sox. Oh, 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 you mean the 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 Lester of the Chicago White Sox? Yep. <laughs> Keiko, I need to find to replace him. Mm. I don't know if you. You rather I'd rather sign like a Danny Duffy or a Matthew Boyd, or even cite Boyd and then cite somebody else, another starting pitcher, uh, who's probably not. It's not going to be a big name, but it could be some, a uh, couple of starting pitchers that will help this team. Because like uh, like Keiko is not going to be fit for us, so I would I would find a, a replacement for Keiko. And I'm looking at the Danny Duffy's and Matthew Boyd's. Where they're not gonna be cost effective as much, so you're gonna save yourself money. So I'd rather give a younger arm the rotation instead of giving it to Dallas Keuchel. It's a little like Dallas Keuchel's towards the end of his career. He's what 32, 33 years old. Uh, he still has a couple of years, unless if he's really feeling comfortable being in the bullpen. But I would sign Danny Duffy because he's he's a multi-level starter and he could be in the bullpen, and sign Matthew Boyd. Uh, so I would have like Len, Gelito, Cease, Matthew Boyd, and then between your Dallas Keiko on the bullpen or Duffy, or like I was saying in the bullpen, find your trade for Craig Kimbrough, and that's gonna be difficult. But if they if I could find a trade for Craig Kimbrough. I will need to trade one of these young prospects that I got left over and try to get a, pitch, a starting pitcher, ready MLB pitcher that's decent enough, and bring him and bring him over here. I'll go that route. So like that, I look at Michael Kopech up here like, sorry, bro, you're not in my starting rotation this year. You're gonna start in the bullpen. But you get your three-headed monster with Hendricks, Kopech, 
crochet bomber graveman. You got a good, you got a, they got a, we got a pretty good enough bullpen to cover our starting pitchers. So that's why I said I'd rather go after a Matt Duffy, I mean, a Danny Duffy or a Matthew Boy to cover us off. But I don't know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at getting rid of Kiko, Kaiko, and Moncada. I'm replacing them with Chris Bryant, Danny Duffy, Matthew Boyd, and trade for somebody else. Or just trade for another prospect or whatever with Kerr Kimbrough. If we could get anything of it. Because of what he showed us last year towards the second season, we ain't going to get much. But getting Chris Bryant or... Who else is a good fit besides Chris Brandon to the White Sox if that ain't gonna be good enough? Who else? You were looking at the rosters right now, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you could you can probably make a trade. I don't think they. W- I think a Whit Merrifield might fit good for them. Um, yep. Thing yeah, is, I don't know if Kansas. I don't know if Kansas City will want to make a trade in the in their division, but a Whit Merrifield would be a pretty good pretty good um, fit for the White Sox. That's how Whit Merrifield can play center. He can play in different in different positions. Um, yeah, and another possibility, hey, if they want to go big, they can sign Trevor Story. But I think Trevor Story might be the one that has to, maybe, to switch over to second. Um, yeah. But yeah, they have some, they have some good pieces. They yeah, they got. Some pieces. They have some some pieces so far. So far, the White Sox for this year, they don't have as much of a hit to make changes. It's just tweaking. They don't have a lot to do. They just gotta. They just gotta no. get the role players. They gotta get the role players. They gotta trim trim the edges. But yeah, they're, that's they're pretty, pretty much, much that's set. What I'm doing. But yeah, yeah, they're set for this season. It's just. I'm looking at like, okay, if we take Moncada out, could we make him a better lineup if we sign this guy and see how that works? That's what we're doing. So that's my opinion. And I will just find a trade for Moncada, get rid of Dallas Keiko, and probably trading Craig Kimbrough too as well. Get rid of him because I don't know who's going to take that contract unless if you can find a way to trade. Kimbrough, Keiko, and Moncada all together, then even better. I'm like, but at the same time, yeah, that, that's that's where I will go. But let's see, what do you have? What are your thoughts? What would you well, change? Well, I'm going, I'm going through the roster right now, and again, first base, you have Jose Abreu. Second base, there's a hole there. Shortstop is Tim Anderson. Um, Third base, um, of course, we have Yuan Mancara. Um, left field, and I'm looking over their their. Tw- I'm looking at the 25 man roster right now that they have. Again, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty solid roster. And then third base, third base, they have Mancara. Left field, they have Eloy, who scares me defensively. Center, Luis Robert. Excellent, excellent center fielder. Right field is... They have been looking for somebody to fill in that void at right field. Uh, starting pitchers right now. 
You have Lucas Giolito. You have Lynn. You know, right now, your number three would be Dylan Cease. Number four would be Dallas Keuchel. And number five, I've stated before, they hey, Carlos Rodon could come back, but he's not. And I wouldn't bring him back because I think the season was an aberration. And he's not going to duplicate that performance. So you got a hole at the five. Their bullpen, the big-time players right now, your closer is Hendricks. Your two setup man would be Kendall Graveman and Craig Kimbrell. And, of course, you got Bummer. You got Garrett Crochet. You got Ryan Burr. You have, you have Foster. You have all of these other pitchers. So... So again, for me, I'd want to flip Yoan Moncada to second and look for a third baseman. Now, Chris Bryant is probably the my first the first guy that I want on my wish list. But I'm looking at top I'm going to look for the top available third baseman on the market, but other than that, if they really want to swing for the fences, and I don't think they will, signing signing Trevor Story would make a, a huge splash for the White Sox. It's funny because the White Sox had a lot of guys coming up on their on their system. They didn't really have a second baseman to come behind behind um, the second base the second baseman that they traded to the Cubs. Uh, Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal. Um, so Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal was their future second baseman, and they traded him to get Craig Kimbrell because they felt that they could win the World Series, and that pretty much was a fail for them last season. Now we uh, come to this season, and we and yeah. you got to make this team better, so. You will sign Trevor Story to take over second base. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would go for it. I would go for it and 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 try to and try to make the big and try to make the big splash. I mean, if you're looking at third baseman, the only one you could probably sign Justin Turner, but Justin Turner's too old in my opinion. Um. You have Matt Duffy. You got us Rubel Cabrera. None of them, none of them moved the needle. Kyle Seager retired. Um, I mean, another guy that's pretty much on the on the trade market. But again, he wouldn't he wouldn't um, he wouldn't be traded to the White Sox. He's still in the division. Jose Ramirez is a guy very intriguing to me if I was a White Sox. But unfortunately, the White Sox will have to trade somebody from their major league roster. But Craig Kimbrell, I mean, Craig Kimbrell has some value because he's not that expensive for a closer. And again, as long as you don't make him an eighth, like, as long as you don't make him that pitcher pitching in the eighth inning, seventh inning, he gives you value as a closer. And I would trade him. I would trade him. He's a guy that I'm looking to trade. I'm not waiting to trade Mankata yet. Um, I'm not a big fan of Yasmani Grandal at the catching position, um, but he gets on base. As a defensive catcher, he's terrible. He's a terrible defensive catcher. He's no Wilson Contreras, but 
but there's not a lot of moves that I would do to to get this team better. In terms of the outfield, a guy with left-handed pop, believe it or not, I would try and get Kyle Schwarber. I would okay. try to I would try and sign Kyle Schwarber, a very underrated move. I think Kyle Schwarber is solid defensively. And imagine him hitting home runs toward toward uh toward right field. Toward yeah, right field. He can, and he can give him good value. Kyle Schwarber had a very good season with the Boston Red Sox and the Washington Nationals. And he and he's somebody that can give him stability in that corner outfield spot. I love Adam yep. Engel as your fourth outfielder. Again, if he can stay healthy, he can provide so much support defensively for Eloy, for for Kyle Schwarber. He can he yeah. can provide either that or sign somebody like Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler again had a, had some solid underrated seasons. He get it for power. Um, they need more left-handed bats. Something from the side, so Kyle Schwarber fits a little bit better. I know they try to sign Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson's a free agent, but right now I would I would like to sign Kyle Schwarber. It gives you more defensive versatility. He can play the out, corner outfield positions and he can play first base for you, even though you have a ton of first basemen than DH in this rock in this roster. But that's what I would go for the outfield. Yeah. And then as the, as the starting pitching, I would not sign a starting pitching. I would put Michael Kopech in the rotation. Why? Because when you made this trade to go trade Chris Sale and you went ahead, you went and got Moncada, you got Kopech was the bigger get because he had the higher pedigree in terms of the prospect and he had 100 miles per hour. He had top of the rotation type stuff. See, to me, putting him in the bullpen and not putting him in the setup man position, which he won't be because he's there, and if Palmer's healthy, Palmer's going to be there. And you have Crochet. You have, and the White Sox have been very, very successful in putting in bullpen pieces, young arms in the bullpen, and then bringing them up, just like they did Chris Sale. I think Gary Crochet has that potential. And it's time for Michael Kopech to get into the rotation. I think putting him in a five as a number five starter will be very, very well. I think he will fit fit very well. And eventually you can ease him in, give him some innings, and give because I see him as a starter for me for the future. If he's gonna be he's gonna get value, you're gonna get value in this trade. You need to put him in the rotation. I would keep him in the rotation. I think the bullpen does not need any more, any more help. I think for continuity, hey, trade get some gets maybe an outfielder for, for Craig Kimbrell. And hey, I would sign Ryan Tapera. Maybe I would I would try to take another stab at Ryan Tapera. I don't think they used him enough, and I think he would also. Shorter end deal. I think he may he would probably get about two two years, seventeen million dollars. Very very affordable for the Chicago White Sox. Bring him in, trade Kimbrel's contract, and then in in the rotation, you put in Michael Kopech as your starting pitching, and you're set there. You still got a very very good bullpen. You have some solid starters. Um, I I don't know if maybe at the end of next season. Keiko is going to be a free agent. Keiko, 
if you're gonna try to trade him, Keiko's Keiko, unfortunately, his his demand right now in the market is going to be very, very low because he's coming off a very bad season. He again out of out of the whole playoff push, he was he was kind of very unhappy with his role. Unhappy with his role. And he's he's a player on the decline. But the good thing is that Rick Hahn has been able to get these players on cheap, affordable contracts. And he signed his core to cheap, affordable contracts. I think the only one he didn't do was Tim Anderson. And Tim Anderson doesn't come due. And and he's going to have to pay Tim Anderson because Tim Anderson is one of the most or the best shortstops in the league. But not a lot, in my opinion. You need to move Moncada, Moncada over there to second. Sign a third baseman. I think Chris Bryant might be out of their, might be out of their price point. They might have to look for a look for in the trading in the trading market. Unfortunately, I don't think they have prospects. So hey, they might have to sign Chris Bryant, or they might, or they could bring in a, a Turner, bring in a Turner. Sign Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. Trade Craig Kimbrell to free up some money, so you can potentially sign a Chris Bryant and a Kyle Schwarber, and bring in Ryan Tapera on a short end deal. And to me, you got so far the start, the start of a championship team that could win 94, 95 games, and then you can make some adjustments to the trading deadline. But this is a team that should be going for it, and I think they have a very good shot. The way that I constructed to win the World Series. And, and you're right. One thing that, um, yes, I'm not saying that Michael Kopech uh, doesn't deserve to start. The problem is with Michael Kopech, you throw 100 miles an hour. Not every damn pitch you got to throw 100 miles an hour. Cause well, that's he's going to have to learn. And he's going to have to learn. And unfortunately, with this lockout, with this lockout if, if they had spring training the whole, you know, the whole time, they could have put him in a program like, hey, we want you to be the starter. We want you to be the five starter. You need to ease it back just like Justin Verlander did. And you need to ease back on your pitching. You can't be throwing 100 miles per hour all the time. You got to learn how to pitch. You can last about five, six, seven innings. And yeah. This lack of pretty much affecting a lot of players because if you think about it now, he wasn't used as much last, last season. Uh, so they still probably have to stretch him out enough for him to start throwing pitches to the around them numbers that that they want him to throw each start. So pretty much they're going to be inning watching him. Yeah, so they do. Like, just he throws each each start is like, yeah, you're going to throw 80. What about if he throws 80 in three innings? That's it. 80 throws 80, 80 through 80. That's it. Pull him out. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be watching their starts and. That's where that's the reason why I said that they need to get like a Danny Duffy or a Matthew Boyd in our friends to cover those stars because I'd rather have a six man rotation compared to just having the five, mm-hmm. especially with these young rookies that are coming up, like you said, you know, crochet and and you know, I know they still got Ronaldo Lopez, so Ronaldo Lopez could replace. Keiko for the meantime, and then or have well, Matthew Boyd or something. Ronaldo Lopez, yeah, Ronaldo Lopez could essentially be your extra innings eater, and yeah. come in and break in case of emergency. I mean, there's some other guys out there. You got Johnny Cueto, you got 
<laughs> Zach Davies, Danny, yeah, just to your point, Danny Duffy, Mike Mike Fires could be an interesting option. Yeah, yeah just somebody to cover these guys' innings because these guys, at the end of the day, they're going to be watching this, how many pitches he throws and how many innings and how, how long they're going to stretch them. Yeah, um, Carlos, Martin, to... Carlos Martinez could be an interesting option for them. Former pitcher from the Cardinals oh. that can fit the role that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, he, I mean, Carlos Martinez will be a nice fit to this team. Because if he fits that role, and then he's a Tony La guy, so he's all good. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they could end up signing him. But, yeah, with the this whole rotation, and, and, and you know what sucks about this team now that I'm looking at it? All their future is right here. The team's already playing. The players that the Sox traded four or five years are the, are the starting lineup. Ain't that crazy? Dude? Five years ago, we were talking about, oh, who's this Yon Mukata? But when they traded um, Chris Sale to the Red Sox and they mm-hmm. got and they, and they got uh, Kopech and Yon Mukata, yeah, they got they're, another they're player. In the majors. And then they traded what's his face, um, the center fielder. Uh, he signed. He resigned with them last year. Then they traded him. Oh, to the they traded. Oh, the, the, that uh, they traded. Um, they got, they traded. They yeah, traded they Eat, Adam Eaton and Adam he, they, 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 I'll give this credit to Rick to to Rick Hahn and then the front office. They fleeced every team that they traded with. They fleeced yep. them. Look, they Even got. Cubs. Yeah, in that trade for Adam Eaton, you got Lucas Chiolito. You got Dane Dunning, who they ended up trading, who they ended up trading to get Lance Lynn. And you got Reynaldo Lopez, who right now is a good piece, good piece yep. of the bullpen. Yeah, Adam Eaton was a big part of the World Series, but he he didn't warrant all of that return. The Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs. They traded. They traded Quintana, who I did not want them to trade. But hey, you got Eloy, and you got Dylan Cease. You got the their two best prospects per position. They got the yep. best hitting prospect from the Cubs and the best pitching prospect from the Cubs. And guess what? We got a fantastic start from the first game, complete game yep. shutout against the Orioles, and we and. We were all like excited, like, oh yeah, maybe, ooh, that, maybe that's why we traded together. And then and he then played he decent against the Brewers. He, he played decent played. against the Brewers, and then when he needed to win games in the play postseason, he sucked. Yep. Advantage and White Sox. White Sox won the trade. White Sox won exactly won the trade because pretty much, I thought he could be better than what he did, but no, he could have never been consistent with the Cubs. And that's something that we just as Cubs fans got to swallow and be like, yep, he has better than us and everything. But yeah, all those changes that the White Sox made in the past years, all these players are not in the major leagues. And yeah, along, along with along with some of their draft picks like Andrew Vaughn and yeah, and Gavin Sheets, uh, Jake Berger. So, but that's telling me something right there. That's telling me that your farm 
your farm system is shit right now. Yeah, right now the White Sox, based off of ESPN's rankings, off of Riley McDaniel, the White Sox are last in in the farm system rankings. Again, the reason is because a lot of their top talent in the farm system graduated Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, um, and again, some of their top prospects going into this past season did not perform well. Thompson did not perform well. Micker Rodolfo has not taken the next step. Um, and then they have some other some other prospects coming up that are very young, like like a, a young Oscar Colas, Alberto Shoutout, a young Oscar Colas who's supposed to come up and then but right now the cupboard is bare right now in terms of the prospects. A lot of their prospects are young. We'll see if they take the next step. Next step, but yeah, like you said, right now their farm system has been very good. All of their top prospects graduated. They're on the team. This is all they got. So they, I don't think they can make significant trades unless if they subtract from the major league roster. So either, uh, so free agency is the only way to go. So with the game, they don't have a lot to fix. Yeah, but they only got a lot, they don't have a lot to offer either. They don't yeah. have a lot to offer either because pretty much they're also they don't want to pass the, ta- the luxury tax. So. Oh no! They're they're gonna have to keep an eye on that too. So I already know how the White Sox, the Rock Sox, the White Sox run. So oh yeah, they're not gonna spend. Like Jerry Ryan's like, I don't want to pass luxury tax. And for me, like we're looking at right now the roster, like you gotta spend, man. Pretty much right now, it's either hit your home run right now and win the World Series or go home, dude, because. This thing on the last, because these other teams are coming up real quick. The Tigers are coming up real quick. Don't sleep on the Tigers. I don't, know. I don't even sleep on the Twins either. The Twins have done a couple of moves that benefited them themselves, and you got a pretty good key prospects back in return. What they traded for for the Blue Jays for Jose Barrios. So, uh, yeah. So. As we're talking about their roster right now, they have for the 2022 season uh, estimated they have 169 million dollars in total salaries. So they are not that they're not that far off in terms of the. I think they are they're close. I think they're about 30, a little bit less than 30 million away from the 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 about no they're 15.9 million away from the from the tax yeah so they don't have a lot of room to wiggle with and these players ain't asking for one million dollar contracts no more they're gonna be asking for five six seven million dollar contracts no but if you if you get rid i think uh kimbrough's contract is about 14 million if you get rid of that contract, then you, then you you have some more. You you can play some more. You can play some of it a little bit. So. I think, and I heard that 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 that, that was that was their intention. Once the lockout was over, they're probably gonna flip Kimbrough in order to give some money and save some money and stuff. Um, we'll see if that works out. But yeah. For now, White Sox fans, I know your Sox, they don't need as much changes 
it just needs a little trimming around the edges, like Martin said. Um, but everything looks solid for right now. I expect the White Sox to win the division again this year. And even expect them to go deeper in the playoffs this year. Now, if this year they don't do that, then it is surely a win or go home type of situation where it's like you're going to win dying trying pretty much. There's no, there will be no excuses on that your team's already established. Your team's surrounded by the prospects they traded for and by the prospects they, they drafted. And you got a pretty good, pretty, I would say a pretty good team on the south side. What's your take overall? Um, they have a very good team. Um, I'm just trying to look up. I'm just trying to look for the White Sox, how close they are to the luxury tax. Um, but they have a very good team. Um, and again, a lot of people say that they don't spend. They actually spend... They spent some pretty good money. Um, but again, right oh, now, the spend. yeah, they spend, and right now they have one, two, three, four, five. They have the sixth highest payroll right now in baseball, projected around a hundred, a hundred and sixty-nine to one hundred seventy million dollars. So they they do spend, and they do have. I think they should go out there, go out there and compete. And they have some wiggle room again. The I think the luxury tax is around two hundred ten million. Again, the uh, Reinsdorf isn't going to get there. But if you make some tweaks, if you make some moves, you can free up some more, some more room, and you can make, you can make some deals, especially to me for outfield help, and for either a second baseman or a third baseman, and and for a reliever. And but I this think- team should win their division. They should win the American League, and they should be in the po- They should be in the World Series. The goal should be this year should be to make it at the very least to the ALCS. If they don't make it, then it's a failure. Yep, it has to be a failure because now, uh, like you said, one thing the White Sox they spend money, but they don't spend as much as like the big free agent type of deal. You can per se, but they do the mid, the middle type good players. They bring them here, yes. Uh, the pass, okay. Now we're going to the third year because they spend in 2019, they spend in 2020, they spend in 2021 a little bit. Now we're in 2022 and they're looking and holding off on the spending and just trying to sign the the little bit amount. That they could sign or, or, or even trade because, but at the end of the day, as I look at the roster, there's not much. There's, there's there's not a lot of moves to make. There's not a lot of moves to make. I don't see I don't see a lot of moves to make. I'm looking at the roster right now, that especially the touching five. My opinion, as right now, I don't think they they don't they don't make no moves, but. We're just playing like if we were the, the the White Sox manager, what type of moves we would have made, and we pretty much hit the ones that we feel that is gonna probably hurt the team. But we could be wrong. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I'm looking at this dude. I'm, I'm looking at this lineup, and I'm looking at the starting rotation. Is like. Damn, man, they better win a damn World Series with this weapons, dude. I'm like, I'm sleeping. Yeah, yeah, I think they will. I think they will, but I don't know if they're going to win multiple, but I think they will win. Also, uh, for further reference, Craig Kimbrough 2022 is supposed to be making $16 million. So if they're able to... Oh, they're able to, yeah, if they're able to get get out of that contract, it's going to be $16 million and frees up about $16 million. For them to spend. I think the only way they'll get rid of Kimbo, they gotta pay half of that contract. Yeah, because they don't have they don't have a a valuable a valuable prospect to throw in. But hey, if you get if you get rid of them, but hey, they they might keep them until the trading deadline. Hey, when the trading deadline comes, a lot of teams are looking for closers. And that's where they can, but at that point, I think they've already paid like half of his salary, so eight million. It's a fake shit, dude. They already pay half of his salary. Yeah, I mean, but hey, if they if they can get rid of him, if they can get rid of him and get some prospects back, and it, it, there'll be about eight million left if they trade him by the All Star break or by the trading oh, deadline, about eight million. Hey, if they throw about four million, and if they can get a valuable prospect, hey, that that works out. The only way that I see that happening is if they keep Kimbrough for the half of the season and you hope he pitches pretty good or close enough where he was pitching with the Cubs, then that's where you're going to ask yourself, should we trade him or should we not? I would trade him because he'll be a free agent. At the, he'll be a free agent after next year and the White Sox, if I was the White Sox and and... Rick Hahn has been very prudent and been very smart with the signings. I'm not going to sign him again. I might as well get a top prospect from a playoff team that wants to, you know, win it all. And, you know, a lot of emphasis on bullpens in the playoffs. Hey, I would hey, I would get a top prospect, especially if my farm system isn't isn't that good. Yep. So there you go. There you go, um, Rick Hahn. If Craig Campbell's pitches really good in the half of the season... Don't think about it twice, man. Trade them and get some yes. prospects over to your, your farm system. Yes, yes. Like, I understand your windows right now win or or die trying, but hey, you got enough weapons in that bullpen that could cover his absence. Now, if Hendricks goes down, that's a different story. Yeah, that's a lot of situations where that's why I think this this roster is it's so intriguing because there's many situations. We're right now talking about trading Kirk Hamill by the same time. You start the season and then what happens? What about if Liam Hendrick to a changer? <laughs> yeah, that would. But even so, I think Kendall Graven was a former closer for the Seattle Mariners. Oh, so he can, he can jump in. So they have a lot of backups. Yeah, I think they would just have to and then you have Crochet, Crochet jump or Bummer jump into that setup band spot, and they might have to look out for a right-handed reliever. This is why I would sign Ryan Tapera because Ryan Tapera could jump in there. He can give you some gas. And again, if you would give him a two-year, seventeen million dollar deal, that is very cheap, very affordable. 
and yep. can, you know, cover. Again, like I said, the White Sox has been very smart. Yeah, if, if Liam Hendricks gets injured, I think Graveman can jump in there and fill his role, and you could still get rid of Kimbrell. If I was yeah. the White Sox, I need to get rid of Keck Kimbrell for something. Yeah, they have they have a lot of coverage in the in the in for the lineup, for the starting rotation, and for the bullpen. So, White Sox fans, yeah. you guys, you guys got you guys are pretty much covered everywhere. So, yeah, it, it, no it, yeah. If you, if, then if you could trade, if you can trade Kimbrel, if you could trade Kimbrel, basically you can bring in on his salary to, you can bring in Tapera and you could bring in Kyle Schwarber. And that will cover because I think short we're gonna get like ten million, and then if you can get or maybe even twelve million, and if you can get to para for maybe like five, five million a year, five million a year, that would that would be good. That would cover it most of it. No, I think I think Shorber is is gonna like get probably more like a, like what fifteen? Yeah, it's a three year deal. Worth like 40, 45, or 50 million. Watch. I'm like, cause they're gonna, especially with this, um, the DH now being on both sides, he's gonna get his money spent. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe they could get Jack Peterson this year for 10 million. Promise him the outfield spot because that's why he chose the Cubs over the White Sox last year. Yep. Yep, that's it. So, yeah, but that's what I'm thinking because yeah, we gotta wait until what this lockout happens, and and we'll talk about it more once the lockout is over and we go after the new changes and what's going on. But White Sox fans, this rotation, this lineup, and this bullpen, you guys are in good hands. There's there's coverage all over the place. So yeah. You guys got a pretty good 2022 season ahead of you guys. Yeah, hopefully, man. Hopefully it's a winning season, a Central Division winning season. Uh, oh, it will be. Make it to the American League Championship Series. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it takes. We're not we're not big, huge fans of White Sox, but... But, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'll go to your guys' ballpark to watch the game because, again, it is very enjoyable. And we love baseball. I love That's baseball, yeah. I, I like going. We, we love baseball. We focus on baseball. You tell me who am I picking, Cubs or Sox? I'm picking the Cubs no mm-hmm. matter what. Win, yeah. lose, or fucking draw, I'm picking the Cubs. I'm like, but now that I saw my Cubs win, I don't care no more about Who's a better team between whites or no, 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 that's already done and over with. When they face each other, that's what I'm gonna say, yeah, the Cubs are better than the White Sox. But if they don't face each other and it's and one team is better than the other team, I'm still gonna cheer for my Cubbies. But I will give the support and like, okay, you know, the White Sox are in good shape. Like you guys are right now, you guys got the best lineup for me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They got a good a, a good rotation and 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 a dominant bullpen on paper right now. It's a different story to see how it turns out in the regular season, but on paper right now, you guys got a dominant bullpen. Yeah, and, and I everybody think, got it. And there's coverage everywhere, so you can. Yeah. The set. Yeah, they got they got pretty good ballpark food over there. But better, I think it's better than Wrigley, but. Oh yeah, they got more cheaper stuff too. They got more deals. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like you, you buy a ticket, you get a free beer and a hot dog type deal or whatever. Oh, uh, yes. They got that. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I do. In terms, of, well, in terms of the ballpark viewing experience, like, it is very, it guaranteed rates very enjoyable. So, yeah. But again, I'll watch the games. I'll spend my money on going to watch a game. But one thing I'll never do is I will never buy White Sox paraphernalia ever, 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 ever. Nope. 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 I'll go. Am I? If I support the team, it's just a plain white T-shirt, no logo. I don't care. I'll go with my Cubs hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went. I, I went to Lambeau Field with my Cubs hat. I didn't care. <laughs> oh, that's Lambeau Field. I, I don't think those Cheeseheads there care was, about there, the Cubs. They, they, they were. There were. Some, there was a couple of fans with um, with Bears hats, and they didn't care. Yeah, so. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I don't care. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the season goes for the White Sox. As for our Cubbies, we'll be talking about our Cubbies next week. Ooh, that one has, that one has, a, we have a lot of work to do on that one, unfortunately. And like, we spent 40 minutes talking about the White Sox, 45, close to 50. I imagine that with the Cubs, we're gonna be talking for at least an hour and a half. Cause yeah, that a one. Lot is... A lot Sorry. of trade and train wreck. Yep. Yeah, train wreck over there. Yep, it's a train wreck over here. Yep. Well, hopefully, it turns out to be not as long. Oh, as, I don't. Th- uh, I don't think so. If if the prospects that they have coming pan out, it won't be as long as the previous one. Yeah. I like the White Sox. Unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of prospects to talk about since the, all the prospects are in the majors now. So it's kind of what? not difficult to talk about. I've, I've been told. I've been told by my cousin, who's a big, big White Sox fan, Alberto Reyes, that Oscar Kipanay and Oscar Cola, he's supposed to be in the uh, phenom. So that's the only one for the White Sox. For you White Sox fans that are listening, keep an eye on Oscar Cola. Did you just say Oscar S? Yep, I said Oscar S. Oscar Colas. The ass of the White Sox. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> the ass of the White Sox is coming up. Yep. Bro. Okay. That's how he's going to be remembered. The ass of Oscar. Yep. Uh, oh, we Mr. Ass. Mr. Ass. Well, I hope Don Hawking says the ass the ass boys yep the ass boys <laughs> the ass boys but yeah tell them guys oh yeah before cool. before we go just a quick uh, just a quick uh, update for all the listeners regarding the MLB lockout they are supposed to have meetings all day every day this week they're trying to get a resolution they push back spring training to March 1st they are trying to bring up a resolution before so they won't get the season started late. So keep an eye out for all the news. They're supposed to be meeting every day, every day this week with player reps and all the, the all of the owners of the major league team. So keep an eye out for that. Well, technically, they should, they could not they MLB could not decide to not have the lockout. They could just continue negotiating until March first. But they wanted to be the assholes and just lock up a bad season. Yeah, I know, but you know, everything's about money and you know, these owners don't want to 
Yeah. The, they don't want to be greedy and they want to they want to take as much as they can from the players. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll be we'll be watching this weekend hearing what 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 goes on. But this has been our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh next week's show we'll be talking about the Cubs and their issues and restructuring their lineups and pitching and bullpen. Cause they're gonna need it, need the help. Uh keep watching our, our shows. Keep hopefully uh you get more viewers. Please share our podcast with all your friends so you guys hear it. And I hope you guys are enjoying this. Uh, I will leave a, a a question about the White Sox. Of what are you guys asking? How you guys feel? If the White Sox are good, do they need to make changes or anything? But hopefully you guys respond. Uh, that'll be it for on my end. I know my thing. Talk more about your wrestling podcast. Promote your podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to to Shy Sports Convo. Keep. You know, keep keep having us in mind. Share it with all your friends who are interested in sports. Listen to us. And also, if you are interested in the wrestling product like we both are, listen to the Shoot Style Wrestling Podcast where we talk about everything AEW, WWE. And as you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania. So we just, we just uh, released a new episode regarding Cody Rhodes' Cody Rhodes' departure from AEW and the Elimination Chamber uh, pay-per-view. So check that out. It's called Shoot Style Wrestling Podcast on Spotify and all of your podcast listening platforms. But for now, thank you everyone for listening to the Shy Sports Convo and continue continue and help us grow this, grow this pod and help us get it to the ears of everybody else. All right. That's it for us for today. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Yes. Hell yes.